0: take our Bibles and turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. So we've been talking about the pitfall of gossip. Today, I'm not reviewing. (laughs) Today we're going to get right into point number 5, if you have your outline. If you don't, I'm still on point number 5. How do you stop gossiping? All right, that's a good question, right? How do you stop it? Because I think we've made a pretty convincing case from the Bible that it's not a good thing. But well, we probably ought to stop. So let's look at a, a few ideas here. Um, remember, we already gave a couple of steps earlier. Guard your heart and ask God to guard your mouth. So you can add that to the, to the list here. But I'm just going to give you a few of them as, as we go into this. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your word. And time to be together and ask that you would use uh, this lesson to give us some victory, give us some help, give us some guidance, and Lord, help me to have time and wisdom to be able to wrap it all up, and Lord, I pray that you make sense of this uh, in the hearts and minds of your people, because there's a a lot that, obviously, as we've been talking about this to mention on this subject, and I pray that we would... um, Just seek you, and I'm thankful, Lord, even with discussions uh, with others, to see that um, some are are sensitive to your Holy Spirit and want to be careful. And I'm I'm grateful for that and ask that we'd all have that spirit and attitude so that we could be pleasing to you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So in James chapter 3, the first idea about how do you stop gossiping is, first of all, just agree with God. All right? It's bad. So we're in James 3. Let's look at verses 8 through 11. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. We mentioned that earlier, that there's a lot of poison, right, that can come out of our mouths. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father. That's a good thing. And therewith, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. That's not a good thing. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. Now, look what it says there, the rest of verse 10. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. These things ought not so to be. We shouldn't, okay, we should come to church and praise him on Sunday, but we shouldn't then turn around and go and use the same mouth to tear someone else down who is made after the image of God uh, and be full of deadly poison that's in in our mouth. And then verse 11 Uh, doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter right if you go to a natural spring and the water's bubbling out it's not the the first sip isn't sweet and the second sip isn't bitter it's giving the same kind of water all the time because it has the same source and so our our words and what comes out of our heart Uh, should be consistent so we need to just agree with God these things ought not to be and we need to realize that it it needs to stop and determine by God's grace to take steps to have victory so once we get there right and realize hey this this needs to stop then we'll take some steps secondly um, turn to Galatians chapter 5 and the second point is walk in the spirit now we 've covered all sorts of different topics uh, in, in this Sunday school class, and it seems like the solution to a lot of a lot of them when I discuss a problem and then when at the end sometimes i 'll wrap up with you know how can you have victory?" It seems like we always go back to walk in the spirit and you say, "Well we already had that point well let 's practice it because that point applies to so many parts of our lives If we would just walk in the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit control us and guide us and lead us, he's not going to guide us into sin. So anytime we're in in sin, it's because we got ourselves there. And it should be a reminder that I'm not allowing God to lead me. I am now walking in the flesh, not in the Spirit. And so, but I want to show you something here in Galatians 5. Uh, We find it here in verse 16, a familiar verse. This I say then... Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right? And so that is what it is. When we're tearing someone down in order to lift ourselves up, that is a fleshly thing. It's not a spiritual matter. So we should let the Holy Spirit be in control. And when we are doing fleshly things, it's an indication. There's something off. Okay? My walk with God is off if I'm walking in the flesh. Now, the solution there is found in verse 16, but look, the verse before actually gives the context of verse 16 coming into place. Uh, He says, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. All right, so the context of the verse is that the people were hurting each other with their tongues. So you think there was some slander and uh, maligning going on? I think so. And so the, the solution to that then is to walk in the spirit. Let's look at another uh, step or thing we can, we can do to make sure we're having victory. And that's learn to love others, not cause them harm. You know, you can't love someone and gossip about them at the same time. So if we slander someone, we're lying or we're just tearing someone down and trying to make them look bad or, or hurt their testimony or damage them in any way, that means we don't love them. So I love the brethren. I love the pastor. I love whoever. Whoever. And if we slander and gossip and malign them, do we really love them? No, because the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians thirteen five 5, it's talking about charity. One of the things that charity does, it, it thinketh no evil. It's not thinking bad things about other people. And so what we need to do is stop imagining uh, bad things about people and then spreading those Imaginations. Oh, 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 I know it's true. Yeah, we all know everything, don't we? We're all omnipotent. No, we're not. Uh, a lot of times we read into things. So anyway, love, just learning to love people, not cause them harm, just simple, basic Bible Christianity will prevent us from doing a lot of things that we shouldn't do. Then, turn with me to 1 Peter, chapter number 2. Another familiar passage, 1 Peter 2. And this thought here is simply this. So we need to agree with God, walk in the Spirit, learn to love others, not cause them harm, and then fourthly, lay it aside. Just lay gossip aside. What do you mean? Where do you get that? Well, we'll see in a moment. But look with me there in verse number two. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that she may grow thereby. Well, really, that's not the beginning of the sentence. So desiring... The word of God helps us to, to grow. But there's something else that comes before that. Now it's where we're going to look at verse number one. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envying's, envies and all what? Evil speakings. Okay. So verse two is talking about growth. Verse 1 is talking about some things we need to lay aside in order to grow. So if if we are evil speaking and having malice and all these other things in our heart and saying things that are wrong about other people, that's a sign of spiritual maturity. We're not growing. We're spiritually babies. That's what that is. And so God says, laying aside, just Lay it aside. There's some things we just need to set aside, right? Some people, man, they're attached to their phone. I mean, they can't go anywhere without it to, to set it down. It's like, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's some things you can't do with a phone in your hand. Well, you might try. Go go play a basketball game and try to have your phone in your hand. Well, I have to. No, you don't have to. Put the phone down. You just lay it aside so it doesn't hinder you. And you actually can function in life. I don't have my phone with me. Say, really? It's not even here? No. It's at my house. <gasps> you were able to walk over here without it? Yep. Amen. There's just some things we, you, we just need to learn to lay aside. I'm not preaching on the phone right now. I'm just saying, with gossip just I'm done with that, but you know what is the phone that's I'm using the phone because it's a comfort thing right it's just It, it just gives us so much assurance and comfort it just makes us feel better to have it right there with us all the time, and we do that with different sins too Well, it just it, I feel more secure when i'm tearing people down <laughs> uh, you might, but lay it aside and you actually if you can get along without your phone for a while you'll feel that you're oh i can i can do this and when we lay a certain sin aside we'll find out oh things actually go better if i can set some of this aside anyway uh so lay it aside next all right first uh, peter now look at chapter 4 first peter 4 now Remember, the point is, how do you stop gossiping? That's you and me. So when I'm giving you the next point, I'm not saying you. It applies to all of us, okay? Uh, keep your nose out of other people's business. All right? That's a great way to stop gossiping. Because there's some things are just none of our business, but we think everything is, and we just want to get that little nose. And if you get a big nose, then it's easier to get it into people's business, right? Uh, so, First Peter chapter number four, verse number fifteen, uh, he says, "But let none of you, who are the you, these are Christians, suffer as a murderer. Okay, you don't want to be a murderer, or as a thief. Oh, that's bad. Or as an evil doer. That's pretty bad too. Or as a what?" Busybody in other men's business. You know, there are certain sins that we say, well, that's like terrible. But look, busybody is right in there with murder, thievery, and evil doing. But then, oh, I would never murder. But we can slip into that busybody pretty easily. Uh, why? We're, human nature. A busybody body is a meddler. You say, What's a meddler? Well, you get the idea. You're meddling, right? So, I'm going to get in there and stir things up a little bit. Let me give you the definition from, from Webster uh, one who interferes or busies himself with things which he has no concern. So, God says, don't be a busybody. Don't be the self-appointed guru that has to get involved and fix everybody's problems. If something's not our business, we should stay out of it. Ah, now someone's thinking, some young person's thinking, well, yeah, that's right. So then why don't my parents stay out of my business? And church members might say, why doesn't the staff or the pastor and the pastoral staff, why doesn't the principal just get off my back, stay out of my business? Well, can I remind you? um, The answer to that is, for the parents, the, the lives of their children is their business. And for the pastor and and his staff, the the flock is his business. So it's good then when parents put their nose in the business of their kids because they have something to do with it. And the same thing in the church The pastor's given, he he watches for your souls. It's his business. So, being a busybody is very much uh, staying out of business that you have no business being involved in. But there are some things that we should be involved in, and different hats that we wear, and roles that we think play. And so, and some people get very offended who are you to come and talk to me? Nobody. Nobody, but it's not it's not me or it's not the pastor. It's not it's not the parent. It's not that it's not the parent who corrects his child or is involved with in the child's life. It's not the parent who thinks they're great or that they're the best Christian in the world. It's just it's their job to correct. It's like a coach, a coach on the uh, playing bas- of a basketball team. Anyone, on, you know, you go to the. Well, don't consider the NBA, but if you wanted to consider the NBA, the NBA, every one of those players can play a lot better than the coach, but the coach is telling them all what to do. It's not that he's a better basketball player. He just knows what to do. It's his job to tell them. Same thing in in the church. It's it's the pastor's job. He's not like the best. He might not even be the the best Christian in the world, right? But he's trying to serve God. I'm I'm just saying, and, and... and we're going to and, and we're going to just try to do the best we can, and we do it because it's our job to do. All right, let's continue here. Um, the next idea about this, how do we stop, is uh, replace harmful words with kind ones. Okay? We were in Ephesians chapter four earlier talking about our memory verse. We'll actually touch on that here. Uh, but in Ephesians chapter four verses 30 through 32. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You get the idea again. Don't grieve him. You need to be controlled by him, filled with him. Then he said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, there we go, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So get rid of the evil speaking and then exchange it with verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So we we don't grieve the Spirit. We change our behavior. We change our words. Uh, my dad used to give us kids uh, some pretty good advice. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> some of you are shaking your head You're like, you heard the same thing. It's like, dads are like, I don't know this is this some, even before the age of Google, they just had this Uh, I don't know. It's like inherited or something. These sayings that you just take and you give, Uh, little nuggets of wisdom. All right. Now here's an interesting one. If you turn to Titus chapter three, and you'll see where I'm getting this from. Um, I I don't just try to make stuff up. I try to find things in the Bible to teach. Right. Uh, Where am I? Um, Okay. Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The point is, continue coming to church. Say, how is that going to help me with gossip? Well, let's just take a practical thing. If you've been coming to church uh, for the last three or four weeks now, you've heard teaching on what? Gossip. (laughs) So, by coming to church... You hear about things and topics that you need, that I need, and we need to be reminded of them. Now, look at here in chapter uh, 3 of Titus, verses 1 and 2. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to uh, be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man. Um, That's a good verse, but I don't think that's what I was looking for. Um, Yeah. I know it's in here. Uh, Speak evil of no man, to be brawlers, gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. All right, yes, it is here, because this is the man of God. He's told to remind his people uh, of this evil and, and to speak evil of no man. So this is Paul telling Titus to remind people of these things, to speak evil of no man. So when we come to church... You're going to hear from time to time, I mean, this is what the man of God is charged to do. One of the things is to, hey, be careful not to speak evil about other people. So be careful of gossip. So you, you're gonna, We're going to hear it from time to time. And when we keep coming to church, we're going to hear these things. And we'll continue get that continual instruction, those warnings and those encouragements. Then, uh, if you go all the way back to, not all the way, but you know, about halfway through your Bible, Psalm 101 Psalm 101, got another one. As you can tell, I'm trying to move along so we can finish today. Psalm 101, verse number five. All right, it says, whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, and that's the idea again, privately coming up, hey, and then cutting them down, maligning them. So whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, this is uh, David saying, him will I cut off. I'm just going to cut him off. If he wants to come and, and secretly, privately, tear someone down to me, I'm just going to cut him off. He says, him that hath an high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. I won't allow them to tarry in my sight. So cut him off. Tell people um, to stop. Right? So if you're talking to someone and someone calls you up and they're just just filling your ear with gossip, you say, you know, I don't really want to hear that. And they want to keep telling you. It's pretty simple. Just cut them off. Right? And maybe we're talking to someone they want to keep running their mouth and we say, listen, let's, let's just not go there right now. And they want to keep doing it. Just turn around and Walk away. Another thing you could do is pull your phone out and say, hey, since we're talking about brother so-and-so, let's give him a call and include him in on this conversation and put him on the speakerphone, and then you can continue. Oh, well, we don't need to do that. This is like private. Well, you know, (laughs) that's the whole thing. Uh, Him will I cut off. All right, so those are a few ideas Uh, we, We gave those other ones earlier. Guard your heart. Guard what goes in because what's in typically comes out. Ask God to guard your mouth because we're not perfect and we don't want things coming out that shouldn't come out. Agree with God. Walk in the Spirit. Learn to love others, not cause them harm. Lay it aside. Lay that gossip aside. Sounds easy, but we have to work at it. Keep your nose out of other people's business. Replace harmful words with kind ones. Continue coming to church because as we come to church, we're going to be edified, we're going to be strengthened, we're going to be reminded of things that we shouldn't be doing and then refuse to listen to gossip. Cut them off. All right, let's get our next point, number six. What if you don't stop gossiping? So, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do, but what if I don't? All right, well, let's look at it. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Again, we were there earlier, but I saved a little nugget from that passage for now. All right, so what happens? You will ruin this life. You'll ruin it for yourself, and you'll ruin it for others. And, and we'll see this here in verse 15 of chapter 5 again. So right before he says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh he says but if ye bite and devour one another take heed that ye be not consumed one of another biting and devouring cannibalism just just think of cannibalism That's barbaric. Right? It's like, hey, Brother Nick, come over here. Let me just take a bite out of you. <laughs> well, let me have a little more. <laughs> and just gnawing on his arm. And it's like, hey, I kind of need that. He said, that's disgusting. That's the point. Now, who chose these words in the Bible? God did. Right? So I don't like that illustration. Sorry. I didn't make it up. Okay, Biting and devouring is barbaric, and people have an appetite to consume other people. And what happens when we do that? gossip will consume and destroy one another one person gossip backbites one person and then it's retaliation well I'm going to gossip and backbite bite you you take a bite out of me I'm going to take a bite out of you you hurt me I'm going to hurt you you tear me down I'm going to tear you down and it just you keep doing that enough there's not much to take a bite out of anymore Right, and gossip turns into very destructive behavior fights, arguments and all that follows and it ends in destruction that's how uh, marriages and homes fall to pieces that's how churches are destroyed uh, I read about two snakes that were having a fight and actually they were Trying to swallow each other. So they started at the tail of each other. It met somewhere in the middle and swallowing each other and both died. It's like, oh, yeah. And that's what happens. We want to bite and try to consume and devour one another. We will both, in the end, lose. So we don't want to con- destroy our. Uh, our, our relationships. We don't want to destroy our church. We don't want to destroy all these things. So it'll ruin this life, our life and the life of other people. So let's refrain from it, okay? Remember we talked earlier that, that uh, gossip, we, do, you know, we as people do it to hurt other people. Slander is designed to hurt someone else. But as we saw earlier, it always comes back and hurts us in the end also. All the more reason we need to abstain. Even if you don't care about anybody else, if you care enough about yourself, right, don't do it. But we're so blinded and we're so, wow, we just need to continually renew our hearts and renew our minds and be in the Scripture and get help from the Lord. All right, look at so what happens if you don't stop? You're going to ruin this life. And secondly, you'll be judged in the next life. You and I will both stand before God. If you're not saved, you're going to stand before the great white throne judgment and be judged for all your sins and be cast in the lake of fire based on that. If you are saved... You'll give an account for everything you've done. and If you turn to Matthew 12, we we have this passage before us about being judged in the next life. In Matthew 12, verse number 36, he tells us, um, but I say unto you... Well, 35 actually is coming, and it puts things in context. Let's start in... uh, Oh, let's even go back to verse 34. Oh, that'll help those of you still get in there, get there. So Matthew 12, 34 through 36. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So what's coming out of the mouth, it was first here. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. So if, if, if we're good people. We're going to have good, and we have good things in our heart. Good things will come out. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So I guess we should ask ourselves, what kind of treasure is in our heart? Then, the next verse. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give give account thereof, In the day of judgment, every idle word, every word uh, that's without purpose or that was unnecessary, maybe it was the wrong purpose, unnecessarily said, even just idle words, all the more slanderous words or evil speaking, we're going to give an account thereof in the day of judgment. All gossip will be revealed. And I don't know about you, but the thought of Judgment Day, I I don't like to dwell on very much. (laughs) You know? Because everything I've done is going to be reviewed. And I'm glad that my sins are forgiven, but everything I've done since I've been saved is going to be reviewed in terms of whether it was uh, good or bad for rewards or loss of rewards. Are you comfortable with what you have said being revealed and just opened up on that judgment day? Say, like, oh, I don't want anyone to know I said that or did that or whatever. So it's a good reminder that we need to stop. If we don't, it's going to hurt us and other people, and it's going to affect us when we're judged in the next life. All right, I want to a, a wrap this up uh, with there's no point number seven on your outline, but just through talking to some people over the last few weeks, uh, I just wanted to give you one more little point here. So number seven I've just entitled concluding thoughts about gossip. And these aren't all the concluding thoughts, but these are just a few things to keep in mind. First of all, when in doubt, ask yourself some questions. When you're in doubt, saying, "Am I gossiping?" Right? Because, am I gossiping? Ask these questions. First one: uh, What are my true intentions for discussing someone else's problems? Ask yourself that question. Why am I doing this? Why am I? Ha- why am I? willing to and talk about someone else's problems are you trying to malign someone are you trying to get someone else on your side are you trying to damage someone else's reputation if so then categorically you can just mark it down you are gossiping because sometimes you say well i'm you know we live in a world of problems we're going to have to talk about problems with other people right yes so how do I know when it's wrong? That's one way you know. Secondly, another, thing, another question we can ask is, what are the potential consequences for discussing these problems? Not, am I trying to hurt someone? But if I'm discussing something with a certain person in a certain way, could that do more damage than I thought? And kind of think ahead a little bit. And because what you thought may have been harmless could actually hurt somebody. And it's always good to think before you speak. Because a lot of times we just let it flow. All right. And, and thinking before speaking may spare us some trouble and heartache for some other people. So I want to give you a couple of verses from on, on this. Go to Proverbs chapter number 10. Proverbs chapter number 10, verse number 19. Um, and I've got a couple others here in Proverbs, but we'll start in 10, 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. And I have right after this in my Bible, don't run your mouth. (laughs) The more you speak, the more likely you're going to say something you shouldn't say. And it's, you know, we get together with people, and what do we do? We talk. And not all talk is bad. But the more you talk, and the more you get down the road in a conversation, the more deeper you go, the easier it is to say something you shouldn't have said. So, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. There's no lack of sin (laughs) when there's a lot of talk, right? Just keep that in mind with politicians. The more they talk, yeah, anyway. Uh, Then uh, 15, chapter 15, verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, So he's studying, he's being careful, he's thinking ahead about what he's going to say. That's what a righteous person does. But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. So wicked people, they just pour, it just pours out. So once again, think before you speak. It's easy to speak because we all have an opinion and we all want other people to know our opinion. And of course, our opinion's right, right? Aren't you right all the time? I mean, in our own minds, we are. Yeah, and then let me give you uh, Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, verse number 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. And then again, I have right next to that in my Bible, think before you speak. (laughs) Uh, Don't be hasty in your words, just uh, let it come out. All right, so think about those potential consequences for discussing these problems. So when in doubt, ask yourself questions. Talk to yourself. You know, why am I doing this? And what could happen if I say these things and continue in this conversation? Secondly, another uh, concluding thought here about gossip is there is a difference between gossip and warning. Now I'm saying this because I'm not. Uh, if you could, you, you, if you would turn with me to Second Timothy, chapter four, and I want to take the time to explain this. I'm not trying to give us a license to gossip. But just because you say something negative doesn't necessarily mean it's gossip. It might definitely be, and I think we tend toward that more than others. You'll get it in a moment here. Um, Spiritual authorities, let me just remind you, have an obligation to warn people under their watch care. Okay? Now, this can be tricky at times because you're trying to help all parties. Okay? Now, spiritual authorities, let's start first of all with pastors, men of God, preachers. They don't get a free pass and then it's not that they're allowed to gossip, because sometimes they gossip, and when they do, that's wrong. But pastors are charged with the responsibility of protecting the flock, okay? Paul named the names of people and their offenses publicly. Was it gossip? No. He was doing his God-appointed duty. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 14. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. So, ooh, he's gossiping. And then he says, the Lord reward him according to his works. Sentence isn't finished. Next verse. Of whom be thou where also? For he hath greatly withstood our words. So, Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, Hey, Alexander the coppersmith, he did a lot of harm to me and what we were trying to do for the gospel. He said, Be careful of that guy. Was that wrong? Absolutely not. It was a spiritual warning from one spiritual leader to a, another person under his uh, watch care. Uh, it did not make him a gossip, he was warning. Is it appropriate for parents to warn their children about the actions of others? Hey, I don't want you to hang around those kids. You better warn your children. You better warn your children. Are you gossiping? All depends how you're saying it. If you're coming across as a warning, no. No. They're coming across trying to tear him down and being vindictive and vicious. Yes. Um, uh, let, me, um, um, let me read it quickly. Uh, 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20. Uh, holding fa- this is another example. Holding faith and a good conscience with w- which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. So Paul's warning about some people. He says, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So, there again, Paul, trying to be a good shepherd, warning the flock, naming names, naming what they they have done, and saying, beware. Don't follow these guys. Don't listen to their doctrine. It's going to hurt you. Okay. So, great discretion needs to be exercised. Um, So, there you go. Again, parents, you, you, you have the right to warn your children not to hang around certain people. And sometimes the details uh, might provide why. Other times, you might not tell them why. Just say, hey, don't do this. Just trust me on that one. And hopefully they do. All right, last uh, concluding thought is that, I, th- I kind of touched this earlier a couple weeks ago, not all negative comments about people are gossip. All right? We all have problems with others, and getting help uh, is, is okay to do, right? Parent, uh, children need to be able to come to their parents and say, hey, I'm having a, an issue with so-and-so. That's a negative thing. Don't let them just come and rip them apart, but help them through the problem. Same thing, spouses. Hey, I'm struggling with this person. I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with whatever. Uh, it might even be, you know, I heard a sermon And I think Pastor Olson or Dr. Vogelin or Pastor Mitchell was coming after me. Uh, Maybe not, but if you're really struggling with it, say, hey, honey, what do you think? Uh, Can you help me with this? And you're not gossiping. Hopefully you're just trying to get some help from someone that God put in your life to help you, okay? Uh, But how and why we discuss problems will make a big difference, okay? And yeah, we need help. Make sure we get help. We need sounding boards right, but uh, keep those discussions. I think it helps in, in, in proper line of biblical authority. Children going to their parents. You know, wife going to her husband. Church members going to their pastor. Okay, I, I think there's a spiritual line of authority that, that will help safeguard this. And... Uh, Peer going to peer, you're getting a little more dicey there and you want to be careful. All right? So I hope some of these thoughts have helped because I'm wrapping this up. (laughs) And if nothing else, you've been given a lot of scriptures. And I just challenge you, if God's dealt with you in any way about this, just go back and study it. Say, okay, Lord, now you speak to my heart. I heard what that guy had to say. Please help me, teach me, lead me, guide me, and I need help from you. Uh, and Talk about it between husband and wife and, and help each other stay in check. We all need help.